Good morning. Welcome to Thy Strong Word. We're reading the Bible together, one chapter at a time. I'm your host, Pastor A.J. Espinosa, and today we're looking at another psalm. I love it when we're looking at these psalms. There's, there's always room to look at a psalm. They always fit whatever context uh, we seem to be in. They always just are so applicable. They're so real life. Um, and today, this is a really interesting one. Uh, Psalm 34, and you don't usually get titles that are this long and descriptive, but this is this is a very descriptive one. It says, of David when he changed his behavior before Abimelech so that he drove him out and he went away. Whoa. Yeah. I mean, so it's actually telling us exactly when this happened. Very cool. So looking forward to looking at this. And today we've got a special guest. We've got Pastor Tim Dragamiller, pastor of Living Faith Lutheran Church in Cumming, Georgia, Brother, welcome. Good to have you with us. Thank you, brother. Pastor Espinoza, it is an honor to be with you and uh, you being in your new role at uh, KFUO with Thy Strong Word. It is a absolute blessing to uh, be with you today. I cannot help but think of your, your dad, who is my <laughs> uh, good, good friend that we served together on the board of National Mission. Uh-huh. Um, and it is just it's just a blast to see how the word of God's being passed down from generation to generation. Indeed a blessing. And it was uh thank you thank you very much. And it was it was funny. We just had uh, my dad on a few days ago and it was really funny because we were looking at this chapter in, in numbers um that was that was yeah. all about the priesthood and talking about the firstborn <laughs> son. And it was kind of just it was just yeah. kind of like a little bit of an elephant. It was just sort of like so Here's these two pastors, and one's the firstborn son, and it was just um, it's 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 funny how um, when you're reading scripture, it's just often you 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 feel like and like it it just it, it's more applicable than you thought it was going to be, right? <laughs> oh yeah, what a what a, uh, what a great uh, example of that serendipitous. It, yeah, it exactly. It's, it's providential. It providential. Absolutely. Yeah. No, that's right. No doubt. No, it, it's yeah. It really, it really is. It really is a crazy thing. But you know, I mean, it was um. It was just, I mean, that that's just how it was done um, in the case of the Israelites, that the priesthood was just passed on from one generation to the next. And if you were a son of Aaron, that's what you did. Um, yeah. But in my case, obviously, you know, it's it's not automatic in, in terms of, uh, right. you know, the pastorate. But um, right. I don't know. God, I, I feel like, you know, I, I say this, I feel like God has, a, has an ingenious sense of humor. <laughs> 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 well, and I know from your end, it is, it's it's amazing to do that with with your dad now at um, in this new role. But think about your dad's perspective. There there could be nothing sweeter for for him to just um, to see how uh, the Lord is using you and at work within your family as the word of the gospel continues from generation to generation. It is. That's right. Yes, yes. God's word is is more precious than gold and is sweeter than honey, um, as amen. the psalmist says elsewhere. Amen. Amen. Well, hey, let's let's get into this. Um, I want to read the whole thing through since it's a psalm. Um, but before we do, would you say a prayer for us? You got it. Almighty and everlasting God, um, we prepare to acknowledge who you are this Sunday, Holy Trinity Sunday, and even though you are beyond us, unfathomable, incomprehensible. We thank you for the revelation of your Holy Word and for coming all the way down to where we are 
to uh, battle for sinners uh, by your word and spirit through the preaching of the prophets, but also through the one who fulfilled law and prophets for us, your son, our Lord Jesus Christ, who is near to us as his bruised body on the cross, and is near to us as his word with water and baptism. We thank you for this new life that you give to us. We pray that you strengthen all your people wherever they are, so that uh, they would continue to draw near to you where you draw near, uh, even through your son's very body and blood at the altar. Strengthen my brother AJ today and uh, his entire family. Um, We thank you for the privilege of living under um, the cross of your son and by the, the very word of our God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, brother. All right, yeah. let's let's um we'll just take like I said we'll take the whole thing and then we'll go okay. through it uh, piece by piece. So here we have starting with that that superscription that I was mentioning earlier of David when he changed his behavior before Abimelech so that he drove him out and he went away. I will bless the Lord at all times; his praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul makes its boast in the Lord. Let the humble hear and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me, and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord, and he answered me and delivered me from all my fears. Those who look to him are radiant, and their faces shall never be ashamed. This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and delivers them. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. Oh, fear the Lord, you his saints, for those who fear him have no lack. The young lions suffer want and hunger, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. Come, oh children, listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. What man is there who desires life and loves many days that he may see good? Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. Turn away from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. The eyes of the Lord are toward the righteous, and his ears toward their cry. The face of the Lord is against those who do evil, to cut off the memory of them from the earth. When the righteous cry for help, the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. He keeps all his bones. Not one of them is broken. Affliction will slay the wicked, and those who hate the righteous will be condemned. The Lord redeems the life of his servants. None of those who take refuge in him will be condemned. So um, another just one of these beautiful Psalms of David. And, you know, clearly there is, you know, David is, is turning to the congregation on a certain level, you know, uh, in verse 11, come, O children, listen to me. So, I mean, he's trying to teach yeah. us something. There's a broader message, you know, for all the righteous, he's saying, right? But right. It is, as broad and for everyone as it is, it's this is a Psalm that's based on his particular experience, right? It says... Uh, there in the superscription, which is technically verse one in the Hebrew edition of David, when he changed his behavior before Abimelech so that he drove him out and he went away. So w- what is this circumstance? What is this changing uh, behavior before Abimelech talking about? 
Yeah, that's uh, kind of a crazy uh, trail that uh, that starts back right after David kills Goliath. He kills Goliath, and then uh-huh. um, after that, uh, the people align themselves more with David because David is taken into the house of Saul. Mm-hmm. He becomes a, a man of war over uh, mm-hmm. Saul's army. Then he slays the Philist, the, the Philistines, and then the women come out of the towns and begin to say, you know, Saul has slain his thousands, but David is tens of thousands. Ten so thousands, that right. that moment on, yeah, his tens of thousands, once that moment hits, then Saul is provoked to anger and jealousy, and then he's on again, off again, um, trying to kill David three times with a spear while he's in... Um, in his palace. So David eventually has to run, and mm-hmm. he will run to where Abimelech is, the high priest, in the Nob, and this is recorded in First Samuel 21, I believe. Right. Um, and I apologize, I don't have any of my notes. I, of course, left them um, where I was previously <laughs> at to just walk is, is down it, here to the is, city. Isn't... Yeah, isn't that how it always goes? You know, we, we and, make all these notes, and we're like, oh, this will be really good. I'll have all this written down, and then when, we, when it comes right. time, it's like, and where'd they, where'd they go? Yeah, and uh, then uh, you get into the pulpit, and they're not there. Isn't that great? It's like, right. <laughs> come Holy Spirit, come. Let's, let's go. Yeah, that's right. Uh, that's right. So we got the text, uh, but looking at uh, first, first Samuel 21, uh-huh. um, and then you go to... Uh, you see the Abimelech, the priest, while he's there, he will actually receive the bread of the presence to sustain his life, which is interesting. That's the, the bread just for the priest. Right. Um, Jesus will use these words to basically say the Sabbath is made for man and not man for the Sabbath. Um, you can even ditch the ceremonial law for the sake of the gospel, which is a, a shocking revelation. And uh, so... Mm-hmm. There, though, in that very place, Saul has placed uh, really a traitor, but he's on the payroll, Doeg the Edomite, who's an assassin, and Mm -hmm. Edomites are generally outside the promise. He's a man of war, um, and he's going to be noting uh, David being there. Eventually, Doeg, after David leaves, even though Abimelech's innocent, he's not plotted with David at all. David protected him from that. Doeg's going right. to kill 85 uh, men of the linen ephod, uh, just slaughter them. Even Saul's own uh, armed guard will not touch the priest, but Saul's jealousy is this this evil, this bad, that he will have one outside the promise do this horrible deed uh, to try to preserve his quote-unquote legacy. So David's on the run, and eventually... He goes to Gath, where where mm-hmm. Achish, uh, king king of the Gath is. So he's basically going to the enemy, where right. he basically slaughtered them. He's beaten them down time and time again. They're they're definitely the rival at this point. And then verse thirteen says he changed his behavior before them because he mm-hmm. was concerned they knew who he was mm-hmm. and pretended to be insane in their hands and made marks on the doors of the gate. Uh, and let his spittle run down his beard. Mm-hmm. Um, so then Achish is like, 
hey, man, I'm not short of uh, crazy people around here, so uh, we don't really, <laughs> we really don't need this guy around. Uh, so David is preserved. And at some point in time, he writes this psalm in the midst of all this. Uh, yeah. Given utterance by the Holy Spirit uh, under under the lordship of the of the one he trusts, not only the Father, but also uh, the Son. Uh, he will write these words in the in the midst of struggle, in the midst of conflict. So that's kind of the the context and the yeah. culture, the background. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, and it's such it's such a fascinating story. You're right. I mean, so I mean, it, it comes like many of these Psalms of David from when David is on the run, and he is he's not he's not the king yet. He has not yet been anointed. You know, you know the anointed one, Messiah. Um, he hasn't. That it's not yet happened. Uh, Saul is the one, and so there. Yeah, there is this point where like the only place left for him to hide is in enemy territory, right? Um, and of course, that when he's you know discovered and he gets into he gets into this trouble. Um, he, I mean, this is, this is so interesting, right? Like the, he, uh, <laughs> <laughs> he just pretends like he's nuts. He, he just, um, yeah. I mean, like you were saying, like there's it's such a description that, that his spittle run down his beard. I mean, this is, uh, I mean, he's just acting totally deranged. Right. And right. so, uh, and so, I mean, like, yeah. So, th- so that's how he manages to like get out of this jam. So it's, um, right. I mean, it's a kind of a bizarre story, but I, I think maybe that at least the, uh, the way I've, I've kind of taken it is that, you know, um, out of these situations where, man, it seems like we've got nothing, you know, um, and, and we're, we're just, man, this is it. Our goose is cooked. There's there's no way right. out of this one. Like, right. like, like God unexpectedly provides a way out. And it's, it's a, you know, literally a crazy looking way out <laughs> um, right, right <laughs> yeah. here. But, but yeah, God, God delivers like even them. I mean, you know, so it's kind of like, you know, Daniel in the lion's den or anything like that, where it's just, you got these situations where it seems like, uh, you know, there, there's, there's no way out, but, but God, uh, but God finds a way to take care of his people. Right. Um, and it's, um, it's kind of interesting in this case, David's like, this is a good strategic move. The good Lord is <laughs> praying, um, I believe in him, but I've got I've got to navigate this. I'm not going to jump out and say, you know, kill me now. And so right. um, this is the this isn't normative of the Christian vocation, right? In our houses with a bunch of little kids, uh, people writing on walls and spitting everywhere is kind of normal, but uh, uh, case, yeah, that's right. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One one man's one man's normal is another man's crazy, right? Or the other way around. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, but yeah, this is um I mean, yeah, I mean this is this is a very particular kind of context. It is essentially war. It's I mean, it's essentially a civil war, uh, right, in Israel between the king and his uh general, you know, and, and it goes on for some time. So I mean, crazy stuff literally happens in war. But um, yeah, so it's it's in this. I think the the point is in like these you know desperate times. I mean, I mean that's the thing. I think right. David is just right. desperate. I mean, he's really desperate. He's got nothing. There's no, you know, like military maneuver. I mean, his best his best card yeah. is to pretend to be crazy. I mean, so <laughs> th- th- this is this is when he, you've got you've got nothing. There is no more ace exactly. up your sleeve. That you are totally desperate, um, and and so in the midst of total desperation and zero outs remaining, right. you, God is the God is the only out, right? 
So yeah, yeah so that it, it helps. Yeah, so it helps. It helps to see that context. And and let's um. So so then let's let's kind of understanding that that's what we're talking about. Let's see sure. then how this comes together in the verses that follow. So. Um, in the first bit here, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My mm. soul makes its boast in the Lord. Let the humble hear and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. So, I mean, it, it's starting off as a as like an introduction to praise, right? As, as a right. call to praise, um, you know, like, hey, let's let's sing this song, right? On, on, so on a certain right. level, this is kind of just you know, the opening verse of a song. Right. Um, right. but, um, what's, what's interesting, like, I guess the two bits that are kind of, um, maybe unique is that, um, he's saying that he wants to bless God at all times. And particularly yeah. he wants to be doing this praise with the humble, um, with, with, right. with those, I mean, yeah, I mean, I mean, that's, that's the word that's used like with the humble, and um, yeah. to, to my to my eyes, I am looking at this and I'm thinking to myself, I mean, th this makes sense because th there you have a situation when he was with Abimelech and he was like the humble. He was like the poor and the needy who have, right. who have no outs, who have no That's ace right. up their sleeve, no no backup plan. Um, but but there there's deliverance even in the worst of times. And so praise should be at all times. Right, right, um, exactly. Uh, you're really reflecting that Hebrew root of, of the humble here, verse 2, Ani, as you know, right. the afflicted one, the one who's laid low, bowed down. Um, and uh, that's why we're really receptive of God's gift, uh, his blessings, his undeserved grace and merit. Sometimes when, when we get lifted up a little bit, then uh, we forget... Um, what we need, and uh, mm -hmm. obviously we're going to see that happen in David's life later. Um, but here, um, he's walking in this this humble pattern of the Lord, and, and I love this uh, verse two. My soul makes its boast in the Lord, and I do know right. that the root of that Hebrew word is halal, which comes from you know hallelujah. Mm -hmm. um, and what what you boast in? Well, Martin Luther would say there is your God. And right. there is a kind of a, um, a scriptural way to boast. Is never in in the human being, never to boast in the person, but to to boast um, in Yahweh and what He's done. You yeah, know, that, that, through, that's. Uh, uh, I was going to say that that's a real that's a really good point. I mean, it's it's um, it is a particular kind of boasting, and there in the the very first word there is in the Lord actually in the Hebrew, right? So. I mean, he's he's saying like I'm not going to boast in in something else. I'm not going to boast in my ability or in my armies. I mean, it's in the Lord that I'm going to boast. And when we talk about boasting, you're right. This is this is the word um, that it's it's just a different form of of, of the Hallelujah praise word, right? Praise. I mean, it's, it's exactly. praising God for what He does. Yeah, uh, you, we've been in the Easter season, right? And what what is it other than boasting in the Lord, but to say? He is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Right. Hallelujah. Uh, we boast in the Lord. We worship Him by recounting what He has done. And why? Why should we not? Uh, the right. humble can. The, the the afflicted can. Uh, he right. He's, he's merciful. He's he's a savior. He delivers. And so David's right. doing that. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. So, so I mean, it, it's it's encouraging when when the, the the poor and the needy and the humble and, and these are the words that David uses to describe himself um, several times, especially in these times when he's on the run. You know, yeah. um, it, you see this like you know in, in some of the other Psalms in, in the early 30s, like Psalm you know 31, 32, 33. Mm. Um, I mean, why? Well, I, I mean, actually, not um, one of the, not 33, but but 30, 31, and 32 anyway. That, that David is is like he becomes like one who is who is poor and needy, and, and right. why why is he? Because he's decided to run away from Saul and not kill him. I mean, this is the thing that's big right. that people that we miss. Why is he running away? The, the fact is, he didn't have to run away. He could right. have stayed. He could have Correct. fought, Correct. and he would have won. I mean, he, he, he really, he, he, he would have, I mean, I mean, he was at this point now, I mean, he's like very quickly ascended in the ranks. He's got the support of the people. I mean, he would have been able to bring a bigger force. And actually there were opportunities we read in scripture where he could have just, I mean, he could have killed Saul while he was sleeping um, when, right. when they were engaging in this. I mean, so it right. could have happened. He could have fought, but instead he voluntarily made himself, I mean, he, he, he handicapped himself. He said, you know what? Um, I'm, here's how I'm going to approach this conflict. I'm not allowed to kill Saul. I mean, it right. was it, it was like tying a hand behind his back um, and, right. and still trying to engage in this. So he he voluntarily becomes poor and needy. And right. So when when God saves him in that circumstance, that's 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 encouraging and that's that's gospel for everyone who is poor and needy. Absolutely. And it's also Absolutely. a reflection of our Lord Jesus, right? Because he Amen. voluntarily right. made himself Bingo. like David, like the poor, right? Exactly. State of uh, humiliation. As you were saying mm -hmm. that, I could not help it, but think about that. And uh, how much greater is it? You know, David, he becomes poor in these times. He's going to have a better understanding how to um, lead people in the future because that silver spoon got ripped out of his mouth, right? Mm -hmm. But Christ, he knows us in every way. He was tempted in every way except never sin. He has a deep and profound knowledge of what we go through, and he's going to be the great high priest that never, never fails, the, the king who never fails. But mm -hmm. the humility, um, um, what he went through uh, for us, the, the deep, saving, uh, profound humility of being crucified and taking all our sin and shame upon himself for six hours in judgment on the cross, uh, mm -hmm. He's been there. He's done that, and uh, he's the one that's our advocate at the right hand of the Father. So we will see this later in this psalm that obviously there's some words here that not even David can pray, and mm -hmm. we're going to see someone else kind of break in as as is kind of normative for the psalms. Another voice breaks in, but yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, it, it is. I mean, it is. Um, yeah, there, there is. You can see the voice of Christ in so many of these Psalms of David. And, you know, our, right. our Lord, you know, even though he had the right to call down a legion of angels, um, right. he had that right, like in the way that David could have called on his armies, but he didn't. He refused. Right. I mean, in the same way that David refused to kill Saul, uh, Jesus refused to start a rebellion. People wanted him to. People, people, you know, said like, you know, here, here comes the king, hail the king, right? Um, and he right. could have brought down those right. angels, and he could have gotten rid of Herod. He could have gotten rid of Caesar. I mean, Absolutely. I mean, he could have, 
but but he refused he refused to and in fact even you know it says here david he pretends uh to be crazy and that's how he gets out of this jam i mean i mean didn't didn't people even i mean remember that episode um what was it was it in i forget which one of the gospels it was in but he's there with his family um and there's a concern that like his family thinks he's crazy right 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 that's right yeah, and it's not—it's not because he's pretending to be crazy, but because he is so right. um, totally devout to God, um, right. they—they they think he's crazy, right? I mean, because he just so closely sees God as his own father, and he just puts him right. first in everything. I, I mean, he—he he seems crazy to them. Right, right. That's right. It's the—the the text where he's um, just preaching the word in the house, and there's no room at the door. And uh, everybody's drinking it in, and they say your mother and your brothers are outside. And he's like, my mother and brothers are right here. Those who hear my word, uh, they're outside, right. basically saying, "Be a good boy, come home." The son of God thing's not working out. Right. Uh, you're 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 embarrassing the family, son. Uh, right. Right. But he is pat- dedicated to teaching the word and unleashing it upon the afflicted one. That's our right. king. Right. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. He's, he's willing to bear with the scorn. He's more than willing to bear with scorn. That's what he. That's what he does. That's who he is. And, uh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you, and you see that. I mean, you, you mentioned earlier. You see, you see that on the cross. You know, um, obviously he he's definitely like poor and afflicted on the cross. But I mean, you see it like all throughout his ministry. You know, he says, the uh, you know foxes have um, their dens mm. and birds have their nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay down his mm. head. I mean, mm. he basically li- he kind of lives like a like a homeless man um, for three right. years. You know, I mean, and mm. it's. I mean, he's, I mean, in that, in that sense, he's a lot like John the Baptist where he's, I mean, he's, right. um, you know, kind of taking this way of poverty voluntarily. So, I mean, e- even right. um, just humanly speaking, let alone, of course, the, the actual state of humiliation in terms of just, um, you know, yeah. Uh, be, yeah. So a- absolutely just, you know, our Lord just is so much the greater yeah. David here in all of this. But um, so we need to take a quick break, but when we come back, we're uh, going to take the rest of Psalm uh, 34 here. Uh, you got start it. We're, we're doing verse... great. We already made it through three verses. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> These are the voices of young Lutherans in Mexico City, children who are excited to learn more about their Savior, Jesus. But they need our help, because good Lutheran books for kids in the Spanish language are in short supply in Mexico. To learn how you can help tell Spanish-speaking kids everywhere about Jesus in a language they can understand, go to the Lutheran Heritage Foundation website at lhfmissions.org forward slash Juan 316. Welcome back, everybody, to Thy Strong Word. I'm your host, Pastor A.J. Espinosa. We're reading the Bible together. We're looking at Psalm 34, and we're joined today by Pastor Tim Dragomiller, pastor at Living Faith Lutheran Church in Cumming, Georgia. And uh, yeah, we're making these comparisons. We're just seeing how all of these um, Psalms of David, whenever you see of David at the beginning of these Psalms, I mean, how when you fully appreciate 
the story of David, just you see how amazing it just lines up with the story of our Lord Jesus himself. Um, so we're, we're kind of just soaking that in with the that superscription, talking about the scene with Abimelech um, in those first three verses. But okay, we got to we got to move on. We got to read the rest of the psalm here. There's like uh, <laughs> what we got like tw- almost twenty verses left here. So let's let's take the next chunk here, starting in verse four. I sought the Lord, and He answered me and delivered me from all my fears. Those who look to Him are radiant, and their faces shall never be ashamed. This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and delivers them. So, so yeah, so this is, um, I mean, this is an interesting like turn here. So after the kind of the general call to praise um, and this construction here in the Hebrew in verse four, it, it really kind of, I would translate it as like, um, you know, when I sought the Lord, he answered me. So he's talking about this specific episode, this episode with Abimelech, uh, that in this moment he sought the Lord and God rescued him in what seemed like an inescapable situation. Um, And then in verse five, there's this interesting um, comment. Those who look to him are radiant and their faces shall never be ashamed. What do you, what do you make of that here? Uh, The uh, kid pulling in verse four before verse five, that word for, um, the Lord delivering David from all his fears, deliverance, uh-huh. is uh, not Saul. So that's basically the Lord coming down to where David is and springing him free from a trap. It's kind of yeah, it's weird. a rescue. Yeah, and, and it's a, basically an incarnational rescue. It's going down to the place where David is. Verse 6 will we'll explain what kind of trouble he's in, the word for troubles in Verse 6 is the Zeroth, so that's those tight places, those oppressed, squeezed places that Yahweh will rescue him from. He will come to where he is and spring him free from the pressure. And mm-hmm. uh, so this, the result of this um, salvation, those who look to him are, are radiant. Uh, the Hebrew word is Nahar, which is to shine or to beam, and I can't help but think of the the words in, uh, I think it's Ephesians 5, verse 8, uh-huh. you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. You're not just going to have a little light, you're not just going to, you know, do some shining in the Lord, you are radiant in His mercy and in um, His divine presence with you by grace, um, you're different. Uh, right. So you, you are radiant. Yeah. Yeah. And I wonder, you know, it's interesting too, to think about, you know, uh, being radiant and not being ashamed. When, when I think about the scene that we're talking about, you know, him pretending to be crazy, right. That's, that's kind uh-huh. of interesting, right? I, I imagine, you know, dear's yeah. David, you know, he's like, you know, he's, you know, cross-eyed and spittle growing, going down his beard and looks crazy, like scraping the walls. Look at him. He's radiant and his face shall never be ashamed. Right. I mean, I'm thinking that there's something going on here that, 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 I mean, he's, he's saying, right. Even though it looks like, I mean, he, I mean, he looks about as radiant as, uh, well, he doesn't look very radiant anyway in that situation. Right. 
but I mean, but but that that that's the that's the dimension though. It's that the radiance is going to come and it's going to be in God. And e- even though you know the world's going to look on and see like, oh, look at this guy. Like you know, like you were saying, like uh, what's like Abimelech say? He's like, uh, we we we're not lacking any crazy people. Why don't you just move on? Um, I mean, it's uh, so so the world will look right and and will not necessarily right. see radiance, but um, be in in God, right? There there is um, true, uh, radiance and, um, and, and you were, and you were good to point out this, uh, this word for rescue, right? Um, yeah, it's the idea of like, you know, like kind of a jailbreak or something like that. And, and and there you you do have in verse seven, the angel of the Lord, it says encamps around those who fear him. All right. Yeah. So that, that is, that definitely sounds like God has, has come near and it's a particular language angel of the lord in camps yeah. what do you what do you make yeah. of that well this uh, when you start studying the angel of the lord as opposed to an angel of the lord right the english is is angel but the hebrew word is malach which is messenger sent one and it can also mean angel but when it says right. the malach yahweh the angel of the lord or the sent one of the lord Generally, we are looking at the second person of the Trinity, uh, the pre-incarnate Lord Jesus Christ. Examples would be when um, Gideon worships the the sent one of Yahweh when he appears to him. Um, No good angel would ever receive worship. So the sent one, there is Christ. Um, The three visitors, one of them is is Christ to Abraham, uh, to Samson's parents, to Manoah. There is the Malach Yahweh. Also, I believe whenever uh, 185,000 Assyrians are are wiped out at the siege mm-hmm. of Jerusalem after Hezekiah's prayer, that is the Malach Yahweh. Uh, in burning bush, that is the sent one of Yahweh that uh, Moses draws near to. Um, that's holy ground because the eternal Son is right there. So this is uh, uh, just purely Christological. Uh, yeah. That one encamps around Saviv, around those who fear him, and he um, delivers them. And obviously, we just look at not Saul, but this is a different word for deliver, which is uh, kalats, I believe. So this is to draw off or up. Um, it's, it's similar. It's kind of like to 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 rescue but it's to kind of draw off the enemies that are coming for you yeah yeah into a place of safety so this is right. the work of christ he's going to take the enemy's bullets aimed at you but then he will lift you up through through his work through his righteousness um so this is kind of a a, a battle in it yeah, well, I mean, it's a, it's an a, almost uh, maybe like an evacuation like kind of idea, right? Yeah. It's like he's he's you know he, he God pulled me out of there. I think I, I do think this is like pointing back. I mean, the, the translation here kind of feels kind of generic, but I think this is pointing back to that scene, and he's saying, you know, this poor man cried, right? I mean, like there there's David, you know, acting like a crazy person. So poor man's a good description. Uh, this poor man cried, and the Lord heard him, saved him out of all his troubles. Like why? Well, because the angel of the Lord was there encamped, like um, yeah. there, like in the midst, um, and he pulled him out of there. 
So, right. I mean, like it, it's, I think, I think, I mean, this is, this is the crazy thing here, right? And we, we were talking about how David points ahead to Jesus, but our, our Lord, but here, David, I, I believe, like you were saying is in some ways you could say Jesus, the pre-incarnate Christ was there with me. He was right. there encamped there in that situation. And he was the one who pulled me yeah. out of that jam. Absolutely. Absolutely. Which is some heavy duty theology here. Um, yeah, absolutely. We, yeah. Yeah. Our, our Lord was not just waiting in heaven, like uh, twiddling his thumbs. He was, he was there, you know, rescuing David out of, uh, out of these situations. Yeah. And you know, the, the triune God is constantly at work within the old Testament uh, frame. And um, the faithful Hebrews would acknowledge this too. They would yeah. acknowledge his spirit and they would also acknowledge this sent one of Yahweh as he is, um, also, as God Himself. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, yeah, and it's yes, yeah, it's, it's it's the sent the sent one, right? I mean, it's uh, you you have that. I mean, in, in all over in the Gospel of John, like all over it, right? Like he refers to himself as sent by the Father, sent by the Father, as the Father has sent me, so right. I'm sending you. So I mean, he he refers to himself in that way all the time, and so it really right. does make good sense. And then in Hebrews, also, you have a comparison between the Lord and the angels. Um, where right. the kind of the idea is he's greater than the angels because he has been sent with God uh, from God with a message, not just um, you know with another book of the law, but with the gospel right. itself. So I mean, like it makes a right. lot of sense to to use that title, the the sent one or the messenger of the Lord, is referring to to our Lord Jesus. Um, right. I you know, and we could, um, and, and it's really good that we got that there in in verse in verse seven. I appreciate you bringing that out. Let's consider the next section here. Um, is, is, yeah. I like the metaphor here that you see in verse 10 especially. So verse 8, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed yeah. is the man who takes refuge in him. Oh, fear the Lord, you his saints, for those who fear him have no lack. The young lions suffer want and hunger, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. So we, we have a turn here, right? So, you know, first yeah. it's like, well, let's all praise God, right? I, I always like right. to do this because, you know, I want to make sure that we understand like what, what we're saying and why we're saying it. So let, let's praise God, everybody, because, hey, look, there was this situation I was in and I was I was a poor man. And I didn't look radiant, but I was radiant because God saved me and there he was in the midst, right? Um, so there he is. He's praising God for what he has done. You know, hallelujah, right? Um, that's that right. That's the boast, what God has done. It's praise. And now he's turning and saying, okay, guys, look, see, see, learn right. from what happened to me. Taste <laughs> yeah. and see that the Lord is good. Like, you know, th this is, this is how God is. Um, this is, right. this wasn't a fluke. This is, this is what, this is the right. kind of stuff that God does. And right. he, so he's turning around and, and saying like, I want you to learn from this and see how good God is. Um, the way that he, you know, rescued me and rescues us. As you, as you said, the, the, the angel of the Lord um, saved on numerous occasions, not just this one time with David, and mm, so, yeah. um, so, so he's encouraging. So he's encouraging. He's turning to teaching mode, kind of. Yeah. Um, exactly. And and then in verse ten, this was like this this beautiful way he puts it: the young lions suffer yeah. want and hunger, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. Right. Right. What what a, what a reversal? What do you, what do you what do you make of that? Oh verse? man, I, I'm just. I'm just with you. That's all. I'm, I'm with you. It's it's so good. That's uh, yeah. that phrase you just mentioned. Um, those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. The, the raw Hebrew, I believe, is uh, something like they do not lack 
all the good. All the good, they don't lack any of it. Because yeah, that's Yahweh true. is always there to deliver. And I think about how radical it is for uh, David to say, oh, taste and see. And this is something we hear in the Scriptures again and again. Taste? Uh-huh. What? What do you mean? And there gets back to your point. You know, the living God is not just withdrawing himself from humanity up in a cloud, disinterested. Um, he's always breaking in, doing um, his mighty deeds down here on earth, and this is incarnational, this is sacramental, um, yeah. and uh, maybe David is thinking about that bread of the presence, which must have tasted really sweet when he's starving and on the run, <laughs> and Yahweh yeah. provided um, his bread, the bread of the presence, for yeah. him. Um, well, that's, 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 that's an interesting idea, and actually it reminds me, I, would, I, I had this, when I, when I read this in Hebrew, I, I had this thought, um, this is a weird thing. I, w- I, I didn't connect it to the bread of presence. I was actually connecting it back to the title there, see? Because in mm. Hebrew, it says, oh, taste and see. I, yeah, but but the, root, the, root that, the root there for taste is actually the word back in verse 1, the title, where it right. says that he changed his behavior. And in, in Hebrew, yeah. the word is actually taste. Like he changed it, his his, his taste or yeah. like his his sense. So, um, I I almost <laughs> I I I kind of like when I saw that my eyebrow raised, kind of like you know uh, like the way that Spock did back in the original series of Star Trek. My eyebrow just went right up, and I was like, huh. <laughs> like I wonder if if you know he's kind of making a play there. Like you know when he pretended to be crazy, that was when right. he experienced and tasted how good and gracious and amazing God is. Yeah. That there's that sounds like it, and and I think we could really rummage around in there for a good long time because that is an <laughs> unbelievable connection. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it's just it's uh yeah. There's there's so many of these connections, and uh, I, I like what you said too, though that um, the way the way it is in Hebrew, it, it's like they're they're, they're kind of like kind of every kind of good thing there is out there. There there there's no shortage of that, right? I mean, it's a it's not it's not a statement of um you know and sometimes you know people can take verses out of context and they someone someone's to say like those who seek the lord lack no good thing like was that prosperity gospel like if i follow right. god like i'm i'm never i'm always going to have something in my checking account that's <laughs> that's not what it's saying here i mean right. the, what he's saying is that you know god is the god of reversals and even though when right. you're in the lion's den so to speak and it right. seems like you know there's it's impossible there is no kind of situation that God can't turn yeah. around for, for our good. You know, there's absolutely no kind of situation. Right. There's no kind of absolutely rescue right. that he can't pull off. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, um, let's take, let's yeah. take the next, let's take the next section. Just, you know, keep making some good progress here. Um, <laughs> I might, I might even, I might even just take the next two little yeah. groupings yeah. verses 11 to 18, just to make sure that we're staying good on time here. Sure. So this is verse 11 here. Come, O children, listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. What man is there who desires life and loves many good days, many days that he may see good? Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. Turn away from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. The eyes of the Lord are toward the righteous and his ears toward their cry. The face of the Lord is against those who do evil to cut off the memory of them from the earth. When the righteous cry for help, The Lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. 
So I, I feel like, again, so this is the turn and, and David has yeah. pivoted from, I've talked about my specific situation and now I'm inviting you to see and taste for yourself. And he, to me, it's, it kind of feels like he's saying like what, what God did for me, this is the kind of stuff he does all the time. Um, right. you know, he's, he's always being like, you know, he's saying like in verse 18, he's near to the brokenhearted and saved the crushed in spirit. I mean, David was brokenhearted and crushed in spirit, right? He was driven right. away. He was driven right. away from his best friend, Jonathan. He was on the, the, the run for his life. I mean, he was crushed in spirit. And right. so here's David saying like this, this stuff that God did for me when I was crying for help and I was delivered, this is the stuff that God does all the time. And so, and right. so what's the logic? He says, so keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking to see, turn away from evil and do good. So, I mean, there, there is, I think this, this invitation of, Hey, you, you want to experience this? You want to experience God's graciousness and his, and his goodness, um, and his mercy and the way he rescues. Well, well come join me in this place. It's not, um, it's not literally a physical place, but it's a spiritual place. It's a place of, of honesty. It's a place of peace. It's a place of, um, it's a place of goodness, right? Right. Right. And it's, <clears throat> you know, there's the keeping your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit, the uh, treachery and all that. And David's basically saying, you know, um, I'm not going to talk that way about, God, I'm not going to, I'm not going to slander, I'm not going to gossip. Ultimately, why do we do that? We, we don't trust God. We don't, we, we try to control, manipulate. He's not doing that here. He will not speak out against the Lord. He won't even speak against Saul at this point. Right. Um, and yet at the same time, he says that the Lord is near those who shout for help. Um, he hears their cry. And so um, the psalmist, or um, whether it's David or any of the psalmists, they're always bold to this is what's going on, Lord. I sense this. The enemy's all around, and they take it directly to him, cast their anxiety upon him, knowing he will care for them, and then wait. Um, so right. there's this uh, this confidence. Now, the plural is used for righteous here. Um, mm, yes, talking about right. the righteous. In the righteous the, ones. The eyes of the Lord are told the righteous. That's plural. Mm -hmm. And we can't see this in English, but there's going to be a switch to the singular um, in verse 19, which is interesting. Hmm. But uh, the, the one thing I would note here, and I know we're short on time, is verse 18, the Lord is near to the brokenhearted, and that's the those who are actually, their hearts are destroyed. Uh, Shabar is that word, uh, right. you know, uh, smashed. The Lord right. is close to, to the brokenhearted. And no, I mean, we think about how he knows the proud, but he knows them from afar. Um, mm -hmm. God's ways are beyond us, but he is, he is always near. He's as near as the speaking of his word, but it's those who are brokenhearted and crushed in spirit that are, uh, primed to receive his word of grace and forgiveness, consolation and salvation. They're robbed of their self-reliance for once. And so I think this is something we've got yeah. to keep in mind in terms of our, our calling, our vocation, when things are going well, um, we need the Lord more than ever. Um, yeah, and, you know, and I appreciate the way you're, you're, you're working through this here because, I mean, again, I, I think, you know, our tendency to just, you know, take a soundbite and take things out of context, 
we can try to turn this into, hey, look, David is saying that if you're honest, that God's going to take care of you. If you do good, then you're going to be rewarded, right? And and then right. and then well, the complaint will inevitably come, right? Well, hey, I right. was really honest, but I I got in trouble even though I told the truth. Or hey, I I right. and I you know I avoided taking the easy way out and I did the right thing and I still suffered. So what's what's going on? You know, I'm I'm doing all this good and why am I not getting rewarded for it, right? But right. but David's point is not this is the recipe. I like the way you're saying he's not trying to manipulate God, right? He's, he's not right. just saying things to get, this isn't like a magic formula. Like if he says all the nice things and uses all the, the, the nice polite words, then God will just, you know, have to just comply like in, like a genie right. or something. That's right. not the point. Like the, the, the yeah. point is, you know, the, these are, you know, you, you don't speak evil because you don't feel like you need to because you trust right. God. You know, right. I don't need I don't need to make up a lie. I trust that God's going to take care of this. Yep. And, you know, I don't need to resort to evil because God's got it in his hands. He's talking about, right. yeah, about these works. They are works, you know, and our Lord says, if you believe me, you'll do my works. I mean, he's, he says that. Right. But right. The, the root here is is faith. It's faith. Right. They, they come from faith. And so exactly. he's inviting he's inviting a, inviting us into the place of of faith. Right. Um, and it, you, you make me think, this is so not theology of glory, it is so theology of the cross, um, right. completely and totally. Um, well, we've got to get to that verse uh, 19. Yeah, we, we do, we got it, we got it, we got it. <laughs> good. So let, good. Let's, um, yeah, so let's look at this last part here then. It says, this is verse 19 to the end, Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. He keeps all his bones, not one of them is broken. Affliction will slay the wicked. And those who hate the righteous will be condemned. The Lord redeems the life of his servants. None of those who take refuge in him will be condemned. And um, so, yes, this, this is pointing ahead to Christ. And that, and that line there, too, um, he keeps all his bones. Not one of them is broken. That's actually picked up by the evangelists as a fulfillment in Christ, right? Absolutely. Uh, John, um, John 20, verse no, 19, John 19, verse 36, most notably, I think. Um, the scriptures are fulfilled, John says, not one of his bones will be broken. Because these are words that David can't quite say. And Dietrich Bonhoeffer, in his book, A Simple Way to Pray the Psalms, makes this point. He says, yeah. you'll be praying the Psalms, and all of a sudden you say, whoa, I can't say that. And there's a reason mm. for that, because the true author of the Psalms is the Son of God. It's mm -hmm. the Eternal King. It is Christ. He's going to borrow human authors, but... This is this is word of the righteous one singular, and this this word for righteous is the righteous one. Uh, mm -hmm. His afflictions were many, uh, but yet the Lord delivered him singular out of them all. He keeps all his bones; not one of them is broken. In fulfillment of these words here, and uh, he would he would slay uh, the wicked through his own innocent suffering and death so that we would not be condemned. Um, the righteous one um, is going to get this done. So those who hate the righteous one, in verse 21, will be condemned. Uh, the right. Lord redeems the life of his servant. So now you get back to the plural. So he's going he's gonna to deliver this salvation that he works out singularly. There's no heroes beside him, Franzen writes. 
Uh, mm-hmm. Christ dies alone, and then he's going to share the, 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 the spoil with all those who have trust in him. Um, so definitely messianic and uh, some thick gospel here, the redemption yeah. through payment of blood. Yeah, it's it's amazing how, you know, it's, I mean, it's the Psalms, the Psalms are the number one place that the gospel writers went back and drew on. And when they saw scripture being fulfilled, they thought of the Psalms first. Oh, and and, cool and so and there it was where there was a situation where, you know, the, the, the Sabbath is coming. We need to make sure that everyone's dead. This is at the execution of our Lord at, on Mount Calvary. Wow. And so what they do is they break all the legs because that's going to speed it up. And, and everyone's right. just going to die shortly thereafter. But they come to our Lord, and what's it say? He was already dead. So to fulfill the scripture, they don't break his legs. They don't break the bones in his legs. Instead, they pierce his side. And that's yeah. where you get the water and the blood that flow out. And this fulfills all the things that, that John was talking about all throughout his gospel. And, uh, you know, we right. see the water of baptism and the blood of the altar, Amen. Um, Amen. you know, all, all pouring out for our forgiveness. So, I mean, it's amazing. Um, how all this stuff and, and yeah, it, it's it's true. Like you can read this on, on a certain kind of like base level, a first level of yeah, you know, you know, David, this this is a this is a turn of, of Hebrew expression that you kind of talk about like a hypothetical person, like, you know, like a righteous guy, you know, he'll you know, he'll have afflictions, but God'll take care of them. And then, you know, a, a not righteous guy, he's gonna have trouble. On a certain right. level, you can read it that way. And I mean, hey, the scriptures talk about like Noah as a righteous man, right? So there is kind of a, a kind of first level, but there is this second level, like you're saying. And and right. and man, when when you look at it in Hebrew and it literally says the righteous one, it's hard not to look and see and with the benefit of hindsight here, how that's right. just pointing to our, our Lord Jesus. And yeah, he had many afflictions. I mean, he was on the cross and he was in the tomb. I mean that's right. that that that's that's the bottom that you hit rock bottom when you're dead. I mean that's yeah. And you how, got, you how got, amazing no, is it? Yeah. When Christ is dead, he's fulfilling scripture. Yeah. The Holy One is not seeing corruption. He's fulfilling scripture even when he's hanging on a cross, and his body is lifeless because he poured it out for the life of the world. He's still fulfilling scripture during that day, and Holy Saturdays he lies in a tomb. And then all the Old Testament stands up, fulfilled when he is raised in victory on the third day. Just amen, amen. Yeah, yeah, no, it's continually on my lips. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, it's exactly. And when we say the um, the Nicene Creed, right? um, That you know, this his resurrection. It says. was according to the scriptures. We use that phrase because mm. we, we believe that in, in his death and resurrection, this was fulfilling scripture. This was, I mean, like you use that, um, you pointed out that word for us in Hebrew that's used, uh, that David uses in, um, where was it? In verse seven, uh, it was the idea of evacuation of being pulled out, right? And, I mean, mm. and yeah, and there, there's there's our Lord who's in the tomb and, and God is just, he's pulling him out even from the jaws of death fulfilling the scriptures yeah. in that way. Yeah. Oh, man, and when he comes again in glory, and he bids the grave to surrender, um, and brings our bodies up from the dead, um, then truly we will um, continually have the uh, blessings of Yahweh on our lips for all eternity. But uh, this is a good psalm for us who are are down in the pits, struggling in it, going through it, uh, it could be any day, it could be today, it could be tomorrow, 
but this is one to have um, close to the heart. Amen. Amen. Well, hey, thank you, brother, for for being on today. I'm looking forward to to next time. And yeah, I mean, it's uh, what a, what a blessing to go over this and um, just appreciate all your insight today, brother. Great to talk with you. The Lord be with you. I see. Uh, I'll see you again soon. And uh, all right. What a what a blessing to be on Die Strong Word with you. All right. Until yeah, until then. Until then, everybody. Thank you for listening and reading the Bible together today. Um, looking at these psalms, what a treat. We're going to keep going through these. We thank the uh, LCMS Office of National Mission, our producers, and also our underwriters at um, lhfmissions.org, the Lutheran Heritage Foundation. Check them out. I'm Pastor A.J. Espinosa. Until next time, peace. You've been listening to Thy Strong Word, produced by the Lutheran Church, Missouri Senate Office of National Mission in cooperation with Worldwide KFUO, the official broadcast ministry of the LCMS. Your support is vital for this program to continue. You can make a gift safe, secure, and easily online at kfuo.org. Thank you for listening and supporting Thy Strong Word.